I'm sort of the rock star. People, Tiso is the official watch of the NBA. Their defense is atrocious. Just it's atrocious. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. Yeah, we love China. We love no playing there. Oh, man, oh, man, man, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. It's just hitting me right now. Shut up and listen. You, you think you're better than me? Burn! Hey, it's Chris Wendelkin. Welcome back. This is On The Line. If you're new to the show, you can tweet at us at OnTheLine underscore pod. Find us on Instagram. Email us any of your thoughts or questions to OnTheLinePod at gmail.com. Check out previous episodes on our website on the line podcast.com please rate review subscribe to the show on apple google stitcher spotify wherever you get podcasts we really appreciate it all right guys welcome back hope you've had a great week hope you enjoyed otl 100 sorry ben and i have had uh something of a crazy recording schedule the uh the otl 100 obviously was a massive undertaking hope you hope you enjoyed listening to that uh, on the show today ben and i are going to talk real quick about uh about David Fisdale, the coach or the former coach of the Knicks who was fired. Uh, the Knicks, as always, are something of a, something of a circus. Um, so uh, here it is, my conversation with Ben. Hope you enjoy it. All right, on the line, Ben Simmons is uh, has now hit multiple three-pointers on the season. Uh, he's been uh, celebrating all weekend at his home in Philly, Ben Craw. BC. That's right. How's it going down there in Philly? Are you experiencing any hangover from OTL 100? Um, I am, Chris. I'll yeah. be honest with you. Um, I celebrated OTL 100 um, yeah. probably a little bit too hard. I saw uh, some of the photos on social media, man. It looked like you were going real hard there. Yeah, I've since deleted all that stuff. Um, yeah. Thankfully, I uh, you know was able to kind of pull yep. my life together the, the next day. But sure. yeah, let's just say that uh, I went a little wild. I went a little <laughs> off uh, off the handle there. Yeah. Um, Hey, you know what? I'm, I, don't, I don't regret any of it. I don't regret any of the things that I did or said or, um, you know, any of the uh, legal troubles that I may or may not have gotten into that night. But um, it was a it was a great night. It was a, it was a night of celebration. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. So um, I, I, I am will always remember. I am mostly recovered um, physically and, and emotionally um, and financially. But uh, yeah, it was um, it was one for the ages for sure. Well, folks, uh, if you're curious, uh, OTL 100, it's there. It's always, you know, it's a two and a half hour masterpiece. Always there for you to go back and dabble, listen to Trip Down Memory Lane with Ben and I and some of our uh, previous guests who called in. We thank everyone who called in. Uh, we appreciate it. It was a, it was a fun celebration. Um, but now, Ben, it's time to get back to the hardwood. It's time to get back to a little bit of news and notes around the NBA and uh, as you know, uh, as the audience knows, I'm a huge Knicks fan. Uh, Has we, there been any news that we, we can grew discuss? Up rooting and loving, rooting for and loving this team. And uh, David Fisdale, the head coach of the New York Knicks, was fired on Friday. Ugh. Um, headed a shock. into headed into <laughs> headed into Friday's dismissal. The Knicks had lost eight straight, and then now they've lost nine after Saturday's loss. Uh, Thursday night, they were dismantled, dismantled by the Denver Nuggets at Madison Square Garden, 129 to 92. As um, Brian Windhorst uh, might mm. say, uh, that that <laughs> game, that game by the Knicks was just it's atrocious, atrocious. It was atrocious. 
<laughs> we love Wendy. Oh my God. Oh, God, we gotta get a we gotta get a Wendy drop in here. Yeah. Uh, so good. I was at this game at Madison Square. I can't believe so yeah, we yep. have to talk about this first and foremost, Chris. The headline uh, of the week's news is mm-hmm. that you, uh, yeah. host of On the Line, yeah. um, attended. You were in person yep. for the final game, final game coached the Fisdale era yeah. by David Fisdale in yep. Madison Square Garden. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. 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 What was that experience like? Obviously, you didn't know it was his final game until after the fact, but right. we all kind of had a feeling that by the time that final buzzer sounded, that, that <laughs> you may have just witnessed history. <laughs> yeah, you may have just witnessed history. So, yeah, I mean, literally history. Uh, the Knicks, uh, put this out there, the Knicks currently have the worst record in the NBA. They're sitting at 419. The, uh, the, the Warriors and the Cavs and the Hawks are right on their tail, but Ben at 4 and 19 right now. The Knicks mm. have the worst record in the history of the franchise. Um, wow. Yeah. So, uh, in terms of the Thursday night game, what wait, does that mean like, like they've never been, at they've never point, been f- after at this 20, point? After 23 games, they've Got never it. had a record this bad like at certain points they must have had like a lower winning percentage maybe but i can look i can look into that but i can tell you right now uh their winning percentage is let me pull it up um their winning percentage currently is uh 0.174 oh god they're 419 (laughs) yeah i mean to give you an idea when you really when you really hear that number (laughs) it's insane after 20 yeah after 23 games like one loss really does a lot like one win and one loss does a lot in your winning percentage so to give you an idea they're 0.174 the cavaliers who have five victories are 0.27 so wow yeah it's like if the knicks could win a game or two they'd probably be north of the uh 200 mark but right. the point being is this is historic this is historically bad and just um, uh just so we're we know what we're going up against in terms of history the yes. the worst uh record uh season long in history is is nine wins is that right or is it 10 oh wow i forget uh, i want to say it was who was it well was it the sixers or was it the uh i think it was the sixers yeah it, it was it was the process sixers with uh wasn't it with elton brand uh, it is. It's actually nine games. So yeah, yeah. Uh, the so this uh, the the 2015-16 process Sixers went yeah. ten and seventy two. Right. Um, however, the lowest uh, win total in, in history was actually also the Sixers in seventy two seventy three. They went uh, nine and seventy three. Ah, okay. There um, it is. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. So in in terms of Thursday night, like it definitely felt like. Um, well, first of all. Like I, I only get to go to a couple Knicks games a year. If, if sure. that, you know what I mean. I mean, it's it's still an expense for me. Um, so it 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 is always like a treat when yeah. I get to go to Madison Square Garden. Um, and I was doing that uh, the waiver wire game on SeatGeek where I was just like waiting it out, just like watching the prices fall. And at a certain point, I was like. If it goes south of fifty bucks, that's just that's just insulting to me, and I'm I'm gonna <laughs> buy a ticket. So I convinced my friend Jeremy, fr- who uh, the audience knows from our Supersonics uh, deep dive, I, co- I convinced my friend Jeremy to go to the game with me. Right. And um, and now Jeremy also, uh, if I'm not mistaken, did he call in for OTL 100? Jeremy did not, but Jeremy, uh, that uh, is... I want to I want to put this out there now. Jeremy issued an apology at the Nick game for being unavailable to. 
call in for OTL 100 and okay, okay. and made a commitment, Ben, to you to you and I. Jeremy gave us his word that he would like to come on this program to do to do another deep dive. So that is the sort of making amends that we sort All right, of well, appreciate. Uh, I'll from... believe it when I see it, Jeremy. Oh, wow. Um, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, I guess, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll cross that road when we come to it. But, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Jeremy and I went to the game and, uh, you know, to, 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 to begin with, it felt like a special evening just because I don't, I don't get to go to Knicks games very often. And sure. so part of it is just like you're just there to have a good time. Oh, yeah. And, you're making and, and, your, your pilgrimage to, yeah. you know, yeah. to the Mecca. Yeah. And also we were there, frankly, to see the Nuggets as much as the Knicks. You know, like I was there because I'm excited to see Nikola Jokic playing yeah. as much as it is about the Knicks. But I said to him, I was like, hey, man, this could be really bad tonight. I mean, this could be embarrassingly bad. And it was, <laughs> it was, it was manageable through the first, like, quarter and a half. And then mm. towards, towards halftime, it started slipping away pretty quickly. It went from, like, mm. single digits to double digits, like, within a matter of, like, a minute. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then it just, it just spiraled out of control by the beginning of the third quarter. And by the middle of the third... I started talking with the whole row of fans that I, that I was seated with at Madison Square Garden. You just, you know, you start chatting up the people to the to the right and left, even you're like, sure, you know, what are we looking at here? Like, does this guy have a job by midnight tonight? Like, is he is David Fisdale still going to be the coach at you know later tonight? And the consensus was like probably not. I mean, they are coming off at that point. They were coming off almost back to back forty point losses. Right. I was going to say it was the f- first time in history that they lost two games by over thirty five points. Um, was it consecutively or just it was like two out of the last three? So like within the same week or something like that. Um, I, for, I think I, yeah, I, I I forget what the exact stat is, but like yeah, yeah but they, it was like they, the first time in franchise history um, right. that the. Uh, that the team had lost by over 35 points right? Um, in the same season or in the yeah. same week. Yeah. So I was not surprised that he was fired. I, um, but just, just based on the, uh, on, on, on the last week, um, I was surprised that it took so long. I was surprised. I was surprised that they let him coach practice on Friday. Um, yeah, that was very odd. Yeah, they let him co- coach practice and speak to the media after the practice. That's right, like a normal head coach does. Yeah, and then was promptly fired right after that. Which, yeah. Yes. yeah. So on Friday, the Knicks fired head coach David Fisdale and lead assistant Keith Smart. Uh, assistant head coach or assistant coach Mike Miller has been named the interim coach. Ben, I want to talk with you, basically uh, structure the pod really simply and just ask you like, and discuss with you, why did David Fizzell get fired and whether or not he deserved it? And like, we can dissect that in greater detail and then talk about the future a little bit, kind of like what's next for the Knicks in terms of their coaching front office, the roster, the whole thing. But, um, Let's just start like broad strokes here. I mean, why did David Fisdale get fired and did he deserve it? Um, you you, you want to take the floor? Sure. Um, he got fired because the, well, he was hired for, um, for a reason, which is yeah. that he was a coach that was liked well by star players. Um, yeah. 
he, you know, he, he coached the Memphis Grizzlies previously and was fired from that job. Um, but like, you know, it was like respected and like sort of yeah. seen as, um, as, as a successful coach. She, you know, took that team to the playoffs. Um, he won you know, a championship grind. as an assistant, coach as an assistant with, the, with, with Miami, Miami right. Coach. Where he, he like developed like the, a strong relationship with LeBron James. Yep, and, and so he was really like kind of well liked. Yeah. LeBron and, and D Wade both like, um, you know, kind of sung his praises and stuff. So the idea when he was hired was that like, this is a guy that is going to mesh really well with mm-hmm. superstars uh, that we will soon have on our team. He's a relationship um, guy. This is a yeah. guy that has, he has a pedigree in terms of like, was the lead, uh, you know, he was like, I think the, his title was probably like assistant head coach on the Miami Heat with Eric Spolstra, was kind of like the defensive coordinator on that team. And then, right. um, and, and, and that was part A. And then I think part B was really like he had relationships with star marquee talent in the NBA. He was well-respected by guys like LeBron and Dwayne Wade. And that right. would have some sort of cachet. He was the type the of coach players. that those types of players want to play Care with. Care about. Um, yep. Yep. Right. Yeah. The problem is that uh, the New York Knicks don't actually have any of those types of players. Right. Um, our star player is Julius Randle. Um right who is not uh, a good basketball player. Um, right. I mean, he's a good basketball player. Um, he could be, you know, on a good team and, and be a productive member of that team. Um, but he is not uh, the star player, uh, number one option that you that you build your team around. Uh, yeah. That has been made patently clear um, through the course of the season. So, and obviously, you know, when I refer to like the star players that the Knicks had in their Imagination, it was Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and whoever else, um, you know, uh, probably DeAndre Jordan again. Uh, but anyway, um, none of that happened, obviously. And so the Knicks were left with the scraps of free agency. And it turns out that, like, Fizdale's just not, like, a young player development guy. He's yeah. not a tactician. He's not um, – and I don't, I don't really – I don't really know what he – like, I, I can't explain his – coaching philosophy or strategy um it seemed to me he was one of the most like just fickle inconsistent like capricious coaches like Mm -hmm. i've ever watched like in terms of like just going from lineup to lineup like you know you understand like sure you have a young team um you want to experiment you want to like try lots of different things and see what works but it was like he was only ever experimenting. And anytime something started working, he would just be like, oh, cool, okay, great. Now I'm just going to change it again and keep experimenting. And that's why guys like Frank Nilakina and Mitchell Robinson, who it looked like was like a breakout like star uh, for this team at the end of last year, um, when he was finally given you know sort of the starting job and, and a full like 30-minute w- workload per game, um, and then this season, he's, like, coming off the bench behind Bobby Portis, I guess. And, like, Frank Nilakina finally got a starting role, but only because uh, Alfred Payton got injured. And Dennis Smith was, um, you know, off the team for a while, uh, or way, away from the team. Um, and so, like, Fizdale basically was just, like, he just never seemed like he had any idea, like, what, the like, his plan was. And, um you know, obviously, uh, it's been said by a million people, like, you can't completely fault him because he was given a pile of garbage uh, for a roster. Um, but at the same time, it's like, and, you know, I don't like, I don't think anyone could have, you know, had great success with this uh, collection of, of players. Um, but he certainly, like, didn't help at all. Um, and, 
it clearly like it just was it was like pointless to just continue letting him run the team when mm. I think they realized almost at the end of last year like oh well, we didn't or I guess when, once they realized in free agency that they didn't get who they who they wanted it's almost like they sort of knew like this probably isn't going to go that well but you know we can't just like fire him before the season even begins because it's only been one year but I have a feeling that they were like even going into the year they were like yeah this probably isn't gonna isn't gonna work yeah. out and they just like. Gave him a certain amount of time. Uh, I think he exceeded everyone's expectations in terms of how many losses they racked up uh, that quickly. Um, so it was just like whether it was going to happen, you know, at the in midseason, at the end of this year, or like it just turns out that they were bad enough where they're like, oh, cool, we can just do this now. Great. Um, uh, and then, yeah, so did he deserve it? Yeah. Uh, he wasn't a good coach. Um, I don't think keeping him around would have helped at all um and i also think that if that's all the knicks think they need to do to like solve this team's problems like they are completely delusional and they obviously need a completely new front office and a new owner uh of course obviously but that's not gonna happen until james dolan dies it seems like um and of course I, i would never uh you know express any sort of um desire for uh for that to happen sooner than later um that would be uh really callous and cruel because uh, he is a human being um and sure. uh and he has um you know a lot of friends that care about him like harvey weinstein and right. um people like that in his life um so you know i i hope that um that 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 james is happy and <laughs> Um, I don't know. Now I'm rambling. And... Yeah, I, I mean, let me let me pick up where you left off here. I mean, I, I, sure. I think that David Fisdale got fired probably for a number of reasons, and it's just a matter of what you want to believe. But the truth is, like, we'll ne- we'll actually never know the truth because it's not in the best interest of the Knicks and James Dolan to be transparent with us about what the truth is. Oh, I can assure you they'll come out with some sort of a statement um, at some point. And the truth will be the opposite of whatever that statement is. But, I mean, David Fisdale, on the surface, got fired because he had a historically bad losing record. I mean, and and let's be real, like, that makes sense. I mean, it's not not remotely controversial to fire someone with a 21-83 and record in less than two seasons as head coach. Yeah. Um, David Fisdale had a winning percentage of .20 and will get the remainder of his four-year $22 million contract you know, in severance. So point being is like, no one needs to feel bad for David. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anyone who's like, oh man, like it's like he got done dirty, like blah, blah, blah. Like what can you like, it's fine. This dude is getting paid for doing nothing for the next, however he he was signing up for. Like he knew like, Hey, I'll take this job. Hopefully it works. And I'm the King of New York, but if it doesn't, I'll still get paid like a King. You know what I mean? And and that's fine. And we would all go home to my beautiful wife and great dogs. And like, he's going to have a, awesome life we would probably or many of us would all do the same thing offer if you're offered four years 22 million dollars you'd be like yeah i'll take a crack at being like a messiah and if it doesn't work i'll still get paid but i think if you dig a little deeper um the real reason fisdale got fired isn't really because he lost it's more about how he lost that it was embarrassing which is to say that the team was embarrassing the play of the team was embarrassing you know and with the Knicks that's the thing like it's always about 
optics, right? Like it's it's one thing to lose; it's another thing to lose back to back games by nearly forty yeah. points. Yeah, I'm looking at their at their uh, box scores now, and they have, I believe, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games of mm-hmm. uh, 20, 20 points or more uh, defeat. Yeah. And yeah, we were right that the. Um, the uh, back to the the thirty five point uh, losses were in fact back to back. It was ninety two one twenty nine uh, at Denver or um, against Denver, and and the game right before that was the Milwaukee Milwaukee uh, yeah. forty. What is that forty four point loss? Sure. Yeah, that's a lot yeah. of. Um, points to lose by yeah so i mean i think even on a rebuilding team even on a team that may or may not be tanking however you want to call it frame it whatever you know like these guys these owners they're prideful they have limits and frankly james james dolan has some sense of shame and vanity and i think he probably felt really embarrassed by the start of the season so in terms of why the knicks have been so bad and did Fisdale deserve to be fired? I think those are ultimately like questions that we need to point upward towards the president and the GM and ultimately the guy that they answer to, who's the owner, James Dolan. Right. You know, and like I, I, I'll say, you know, given the same roster, uh, you know, is would Greg Popovich or Steve Kerr or Eric Spolstra, like would they finish like, how much better would this team be if it was coached by Eric Spoltra? You know, they're 4-19 right now. Maybe if, if they had, like, the coach of the year, they would be, what, 8-15, and 10-13, right? Yeah. Like, but the Knicks have been bad for a couple of reasons. One, you know, they're, they're a young team, and young teams are bad, and those teams make mistakes, and they get outmaneuvered and outguiled and by more experienced, savvier veteran teams and better teams. But, the, but two, the main reason that they're losing is that their free agent strategy was to sign guys to one-year deals who don't complement one another or the young guys on this roster in any way. They're ball no. dominant. They're shoot yeah. first point power forwards. Yeah. And they don't have a single competent ball handler. And yeah. then they have a bunch of fucking chuckers um, who are just looking are, for their next contract. They're, or Yeah. They're yeah. shot hunting and they're looking for their next contract. And frankly, that doesn't fall on Fisdale. That really falls. And yeah, it do- that doesn't fall office. on Fisdale. I don't know that it falls on Dolan, but it definitely falls on the guys making the talent acquisition acquisition strategy. Right. Well, it you know, falls on the on on Mills and Perry, assuming, oh. but like, it also I, falls on Dolan, assuming definitely. that they were you know executing whatever Dolan's fucking vision was. Yeah, um, but let me ask and you. I, like on on the first day of free agency, do you think James hmm. Dolan was like? Let's go get Marcus Morris. Let's go get Bobby yeah. Portis. I, I, no, like, you're right. it, it ultimately falls on Mills and Perry, who sold to Dolan that bill of goods. And right. I, I'll say this. Maybe Mills and Perry felt like they needed to provide uh, Dolan with some sort of like prize, some sort of trophy, because they struck out in such a major way uh, on Durant and Irving. But like... I just find it hard to believe that James Dolan had an Excel spreadsheet with the names Taj Gibson and, no, you're and right. Alfred Payton. You know what I mean? So like, um, it seems to me like their strategy was just like, um, you know, let's throw team chemistry completely out the window exactly. and let's just acquire assets that we can potentially use to, you know, get stuff later yes. on. So yes. like signing Marcus Morris and Bobby Portis and, and like Alfred Payton too, which is another word. It's just like, Oh yeah, Alfred Payton's on this team. Right. Um, like he's a name. Like uh, teams like hear that name, and they're like, oh yeah, he's a 
basketball player. He's like been on teams and like, you know, gets a lot of stats and um, he's like the kind of guy that you could, you know, imagine maybe like trading for a second round draft pick or like packaging with something to like um, whatever, like lure something else. So it's like, I think they that like that was their only thing. They were just like, we have all this money. Let's just try to get sure. players. Um, it doesn't matter and we'll move if they them. fit. It doesn't right. matter. Like we're not building a team here. We're building a collection of assets. Right. Um, because like right now we're not a team. We're just like they knew that they weren't a team. We're going to be a team for a long time. Yeah. Um, once Kyrie and KD weren't coming, so they were like, sure, whatever. We'll just like do this stuff. Um, and it was like just a complete like half-assed like you know, like plan D, uh, yes. of a, of a strategy. Um, but that's, that's what they did. <laughs> so. so Mills and Perry's in, in, in my estimation where they really missed the mark is they failed to prioritize the development of Mitchell Robinson, RJ Barrett, right. Frank well, Malikina, that's the thing. Dennis Smith, Kevin Knock, Ig- Iggy Brezdakis, Damian Dotson, Alonzo Trier. It's yeah, not that- it's if not you, that like they acquired guys that were vets, and it's not that they acquired guys who make a lot of money. It's that they acquired guys and prioritized playing those guys in front of the youth. Right, and, because that's the thing. If you acquire a bunch of assets that you, the, your only intention is to flip for other assets, you have to actually play those players in order sure. to like quote unquote uh, yeah. showcase them. Right, which is the dumbest fucking thing. I like every time. Like that, that sort of like strategy is is like floated. I'm just like so confused. Like, like NBA teams like don't know if Marcus Morris is good or not unless right. he's like getting like 35 minutes a fucking night. Right. Um, and I think or ultimately, like, like they where they failed in their estimation, where they failed in their strategy was like, what's more important, getting a second round pick for Marcus Morris at the trade deadline, or developing Mitchell Robinson, playing him 30 minutes a night, getting yeah. him playing smart and well. And yeah. they chose getting Kevin Knox at, you know, the, at the four position, right. which is like his, his best, you know, spot right. and, and like putting, putting young guys, you know, in quote unquote positions to succeed. And like, right. instead it's just like, Oh yeah. Uh, Kevin Knox, you're out of the rotation. Oh, you know what? Um, uh, fucking Marcus Morris is like out for a game. You're starting, uh, yep. and you're gonna play 30 minutes a night. Uh, no, no, no. Okay, next game you're you're gonna get 10 minutes. Like, and they're just like fucking thrown all over the place. And at a certain yeah. point, it's like, yeah, why would you? How could you ever like have like some yeah like sort of normalcy and 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 consistency in your life if like you just have no idea you know what your coach is gonna do from from night to night. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that is Fizdale. I think a lot of it is also Fizdale execute, like, you know, being sure. told by the front office, like, Hey, you need to make sure that you give, you know, X, Y, and Z a certain amount of playing time. Um, well, there's just like a complete lack of, uh, coherency in terms of like, what's the plan? Like who, yeah. like, what is the strategy? And it needs to be like a top down sort of thing like if there was a clear priority about like our plan this year is to develop Mitchell Robinson our plan this year is to get RJ Barrett feeling good about who he is our plan this year is to determine whether Frank Nilekina is the starting point guard of this team our plan this year is to figure out whether Dennis Smith is is a real player and we can build around our plan is to figure out if Kevin Knox is so unreal and to get his confidence up after like a disastrous rookie year our plan this year is to see if Iggy Brasdakis can actually be a sixth man off the bench if that right. if that was really the plan then you need to surround those guys with vets who can actually make them better who can and 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 in terms of x's and o's it means like open up the floor create more space for them on offense you know like 
you're not going to, let's be real, Mitch, Mitch and, and, um, and Julius Randall can't play on the floor together. And, yeah. you know, right now, Mitch can't get on the floor and he can't stay on the floor. And part of that is his own doing. And we could talk about that. But from a, from a strategy perspective, he can't get on the floor right now because Bobby Portis and Julius Randall and Taj Gibson are soaking up minutes in front of him. And, you know, uh, Mitch also has issues with foul trouble. He can't, yeah, and, and that and that is a player development issue. Like, he, mm. he needs to get on the floor and be coached and be taught, like, about, like, hey, this is how you avoid these silly fouls. This is how you can stay on the floor and be an impact player. But there's no one around him between players and coaches helping him become that player. And mm-hmm. the issue I see is, like, a clear lack of coherent strategy and you know bringing it back to Fisdale like you said at the at the top of the episode like Fisdale was originally brought here for his relationships right like his relationships with marquee star talent and that is it seems to be no longer a priority for the Knicks it seems like we're out of the uh for the moment the Knicks are no longer big game I don't know, hunting. Chris. They might get Giannis. Giannis uh, could come and, and, uh, and just uh, wipe all of these tears how many, away. How many years away is he? Two, three years away? I mean, just, yeah. So that is why David Fisdell is gone. Um, in terms of did he deserve to be fired? Sure, he deserved to be fired. I mean, he's a historically bad coach. He did a historically <laughs> bad job here. But in terms of like... Did he deserve to be fired? Um, you know, I don't know how anyone else would have been that much better given the unclear direction of what the front office has expected of their coach and expected of their team. So, right. yes, he should have been fired because the team is really bad, but I have no idea how Mills and Perry survive. And furthermore, I, I think all the fans just want some clarity on, like, what's the direction here like what are we what are we doing moving forward so um i guess that leads us to my other question about like the future like what's next now for the knicks uh mike miller takes over the squad Um, that's right how do you feel about this guy i mean mike miller yep the uh the g league uh, westchester knicks head coach is that right that's correct yeah he was Um, an assistant for fisdale this year but had been coaching the g league squad with the Knicks for the last, uh, I think three or four years, the Westchester Knicks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, uh, yeah, never mind. I'm just looking up a uh, little, little something. I don't actually know anything about Mike Miller. I can't say that I am, uh, a close enough watcher of the Westchester Knicks, but I've, I've heard that he's, you know, uh, respected as a, as like a pretty strong yeah. player development guy. I mean, he, um, he took he some spent, of these guys like I Luke think... Cornette and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and Kadeem Allen from from the G League team, and and you know, I mean, he they, spent five or six success. years with Texas State, another six or seven years with Eastern Illinois. I mean, he he, he he's sort of like uh, it's kind of an an amazing story that he's now the head coach of the Knicks. He had a combined seventy five and one hundred and thirty record at Eastern Illinois. He mm. was an 87 and 79 uh, record at Texas State. He somehow parlayed that into becoming the Westchester Knicks head coach. And he did really well there, I have to say. I do know that about him. Uh, with, the, with the Westchester Knicks, he won NBA G League Coach of the Year in 2017-18. Oh, wow. Um, and then was promoted to the Knicks bench uh, last year, uh, or at the end of last year, beginning of this year. And... Uh, 
So we'll see. I mean, maybe this is a nod towards an organizational shift that is more about player development. Like, I I think that at least that's what the optics would indicate, that, like, you know, former G League Coach of the Year, maybe this is a guy that has relationships with, you know, Mitch. Obviously, Mitch was a two-way guy at one point. Um, Iggy, Iggy Brasdakis has been in the G League. Maybe we get more of Iggy. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's only a matter of time in terms of literally December 15th is the date when the Knicks can start offloading some of these vets. So hopefully once Marcus Morris is out of the picture and, you know, Taj Gibson and Bobby Portis, maybe there are more minutes opened up for uh, for guys like Knox and Mitch and uh, we'll see. But um I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I'm reading here. Uh, Miller had uh, uh, Mike. Mike Miller had a. Uh, and and uh, just to be clear, this is not the uh, Mike Miller that played in the NBA. Um, you know, with the uh, with the Miami Heat and, no. uh, and several other teams for lots of seasons. Different Mike Miller. Yeah. So uh, I uh, may have been confused about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, he said uh, before his first game yesterday, uh, quote, our focus has been on the consistency on both ends of the floor. That's where it's at. The players, we have a high character group of players. They're professional. They come in and work every day. The message we want uh, is we want to be more consistent. And we're going to be more consistent in what we do and how we work play to play and possession to possession. So he said the word consistent three times in that, um, you know, brief little quote. So Mm -hmm. that leads me to believe, you know, that he at least understands that maybe the prop, like one of the problems uh, (laughs) with his previous, with his, with his, uh, you know, boss and predecessor was uh, consistency. So who knows uh, if that means that, you know, the, their rotations actually make sense. I'm, I'm, I, honestly, I am optimistic. I will say I am optimistic about my. I Miller. am uh, not, not optimistic. <laughs> Just to be clear, Chris, I'm yeah. not at all optimistic. I can't imagine how you possibly I mean, could be optimistic. It can't, um, it can't get worse than Fizdale. Um, and one thing I'll say about Mike Miller is he is the opposite of what the Knicks would normally do in this situation. The Knicks are. Mm. The Knicks are in love with hiring. The Knicks are in love with celebrity, right? So yeah. the Knicks love hiring a Larry Brown. The Knicks love hiring a Lenny Wilkins. The Knicks love hiring Ugh, an Isaiah Thomas. Lenny Wilkins. Yeah. yeah. So this guy, if anything, this guy is a nobody. I mean, I mean, we don't know. We don't know who Mike Miller is, and I think he does that, have the same name as a fairly semi-famous <laughs> basketball player. Exactly, so exactly. that could be, you know, one thing in his favor. But if I told you that the next head coach of the Knicks had a losing record at Eastern Illinois University of the <laughs> Ohio Valley Conference for seven years, you'd be like. Uh, I'm interested. Yeah, I'm actually yeah. kind of interested because, like, maybe they know something that I don't. May, you know, so if anything, I am optimistic. This is a guy that was the G League uh, Coach of the Year in 1718. Like I said, maybe he has relationships with some of these youngsters. Who the hell knows? But he's not beholden to any of the vets. And I am optimistic after one game. Just one game that, no, Mitchell Robinson didn't crack the starting lineup, but he did play the last five minutes of the fourth quarter, which mm. that was never the case with uh, with Fisdale. So um, I'm encouraged. I don't know. All I can be is optimistic. And beyond Mike Miller, let's forget Mike Miller for a second, because I would say I, I would be shocked if he is the coach come next season. Yeah. Um, the good news is this that despite the noise, there are 
assets on this team. Um, you know, top five lottery picks, Ben, as you and I know, are vital to a team's success. And mm-hmm. the way to get more lottery picks is to keep losing. And yeah. the Knicks are on the fast track to losing and losing a lot. And yeah. eventually, which is great. I yeah, love that. Yeah. Eventually, you're going to stumble into some talent, even if you're just dumb, you know. And RJ Barrett, I'll say, has had a pretty up and down season thus far, but mm. he's been forced to play out of position at times because the Knicks have failed to develop a point guard. His foul shooting has been abysmal, but those things are fixable. And I really feel good about. RJ and having RJ on the team. I think RJ is a keeper, even if he isn't going to be the the savior, even if he isn't a messiah. I think he is going to be a player, and um, and the Knicks are going to have a chock are going to be chock full of draft assets. You know, mm-hmm. um, who knows about Kevin Knox about what he turns into? I think Frank Nilakina, if we've learned anything, is we've learned that he's definitely an NBA player. He's an NBA defender. Um, yep, definitely I don't, a dog. Yeah, definitely a dog. I don't know that he is going to have a future with the Knicks, but I don't think we're going to look back, you know, in five to 10 years. And I, I, I think in five to 10 years, Frank Nilakina is still going to be in the league and he's going to be playing for somebody, whether or not it's the Knicks, we'll find out. Mm. Um, so in terms of what's next, man, I think it's all about the president and the GM and you know, James Dolan hiring the right guy. Um, yeah. And can I get a Masai Ujiri? Is that the guy you want? Masai? I mean, obviously, I don't think it's going to happen. I can't imagine. So he did, I, did I read something where he like expressed like maybe potentially like light interest in the job? Um, yeah. I mean, uh, I think I, it, it seems like there have been conflicting reports and conflicting quotes I think point being is like no one knows anything. I I, yeah. I I think like I think he had a quote on record as saying like he hates the Knicks, and then from like five years ago. Uh, <laughs> Wait, which, what? What was the context to that? He just hates the Knicks. I th- I think he hates all New York basketball. Like he hated. He also said like he hates the Nets. It was it was okay. like around the time when he was like cursing out the Nets. Do, do you remember uh, when when the Raptors were playing the Nets in the first round of the playoffs, and he was like fuck Brooklyn. Uh, I think he I said. Remember that. I think he said something similar about the Knicks too. But mm. point being is, I think if you literally offered the guy ten million dollars a year, uh, and just you know he has uh, he has a considerable organization, uh, the Basketball in Africa program, that he I don't know if he spearheads, helps run whatever it is. If Dolan if Dolan wrote like a big fat contract to that organization and gave him like twenty million dollars a year, I I I don't know. Maybe maybe yeah. Masai maybe Masai would be stupid enough to leave, but um, I mean you know the guy that I want. Yeah, uh, Sam Hinkie. Yeah, yeah. Hinkie. I mean that would be Hinkie's the guy. That's like literally the only thing that could maybe actually get me interested in back. this basketball team again. Because yeah. I gotta say I don't think I've watched a Knicks game from start to finish this season. Is that is that bad to say? No, it's not um, bad to say, and I understand. That. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I feel bad saying it. I've tried. Um, I, you know, I'll tune in here and there. I mean, obviously, it doesn't help that I don't have Mitchell Robinson on my fantasy basketball team yeah. this year. Um, I am curious if you watch a full basketball game, if you watch a full Knicks game come February. Like, yeah. when, all the guy, I, when all the vets are gone and Mitch is starting 
and oh Max yeah is starting i'll oh i'll absolutely as soon as marcus morris right. and bobby portis aren't on this team i will come Be running back again. yeah, yeah. Um, so and that to me feels like i mean look if we go into this offseason with a top three pick and we have knox rj uh, Frank, Dennis Smith, Mitch Robinson on probably the best contract in the NBA. You know, if mm. if Mitch can kind of restore his value here once he reclaims his starting position, I think the guy makes like what is it, two million dollars a year? Uh, yeah, something. and they have they have him on like a three year contract. He is probably one of the most valuable assets right now in the NBA. Um, yeah. You know, and let's say they dumb, they get dumb lucky and get the number two overall pick, or God forbid, the number one overall pick. Mm. You know, that does sound like if they said, "Hey, Sam Hinkie, like you are the guy, you are the architect of the process." Yes, right. we've messed up some of this stuff. We could have done like it better. we've already done all the losing but that you took shit for. We've done a bunch of losing for you. Now we just have a bunch of young, you know, kind of unmolded assets yeah. for you we, to come we have in the play 2019 with. number three overall pick. We have Kevin Knox. What was he? The seventh overall pick from the mm-hmm. draft class before that. Uh, Nilakina, Iggy Brazdakis, like a Brazzers. young, yeah, the Brazzers, young cheap player. Uh, I don't know, man. And then offer him a boatload of money. Um, we've done the losing for you. Now we need you to help us continue to lose, <laughs> continue yes. to tank. To be get, clear, we will need to keep losing. We'll need to keep losing, but we need you to help us be smarter about some of these supplemental pieces to put around the lottery picks. Hmm. Um, I would be curious if Hinky would be interested in the job. I heard someone describe it. Maybe it was Macri on the uh, Knicks Film School podcast describe this position as like, hey, come be the Theo Epstein of basketball. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like if you if you get the Knicks to win a championship, if you return the Knicks, God forbid, to, God forbid a championship, if you return the Knicks to respectability, respectability with like yeah. a long-term uh, you know, plan with some sort of hope for the future, a playoff team with young talent, you know, you would be considered like the savior here. And I do think someone will be interested. Um, I don't know who, I hope it's someone smart. <laughs> I hope it's not Phil Jackson uh, or someone out of the Phil Jackson mold. I hope it's not a celebrity. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. I guess we will see. But then the question is, who would you want that uh, general manager to hire hire? as a head coach? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I feel like it it obviously needs to be someone that fits the mold of player development because, like, Mm -hmm. that's that's the point where we are right now. And for that, which brings me back to Mike Miller. Like, I don't know. Sure, the guy was the guy was a G League coach. He won G League Coach of the Year. Like. Yeah, maybe this is probably who should be coaching this team right now. Like the Knicks at their core are a G League team. You know, mm. Kevin Knox is not really an NBA player, but he could be one, you know? And, right, right. And if he gets a little bit more time in the G League uh, on the <laughs> New York Knicks of yeah. the NBA, yeah. uh, he could he could become an NBA player. Exactly. Mitch, yeah. Mitch, if Mitch could stay on the court for more than 22 minutes a night, he mm. might be a really good NBA player, but like right now he is fouling out consistently every night. So he mm. needs coaching. He actually needs like player development. So maybe Mike Miller is the best thing that could have happened to us for right now. Uh, I don't know who I would want 
Hinky to hire. I don't know who I would want Masai to hire. But I'll tell you what, like, Nick Nurse was not a name that was on anyone's radar two years ago. That's true. Right? That's true. Mike like, Miller could be the new Nick Nurse. You maybe, never know. Maybe Mike Miller's the next, maybe Mike Miller's the next nurse. Dork, dork too. More dork dorks. Too. Yep. So, yeah. He certainly is dorky, Mike Miller. I'll give him that. Yeah, he does look like a dork, which is encouraging. Yeah, I like that a lot. Should we um, talk real quick about the ter- the coaches we're most terrified of? Um, so here's my take I'm on this. I'm trying to be optimistic, but we also know I, that I don't want anyone... Early. Yeah, like, I guess if Hinky actually gets the job, which is like a one in a million yeah. chance, to be clear, it seems that's, to me. That's not going to happen. Um, and like, if it were him, I would be like, okay, I actually like, want like sort of want like a serious, you know, I, I would want to like sort of treat this team without, uh, you know, a, a detached irony. Um, but barring that, I, I really just don't want anyone like that. I like that. I have any positive feelings towards whatsoever to have to coach this team. <coughs> so like, I mean, my, honestly, my greatest fear, probably a nightmare would be like Becky Hammond getting the job. Yeah. Um, and being like the first, uh, female coach in NBA history and have to, uh, deal with and like have her name <laughs> James Dolan yeah. and have her name marred and get fired in 19 months. Um, that would really break my heart. So God, please Becky, if you're listening, do don't not take, take the job. Uh, if you are offered the job, don't take it. Yeah. Um, my ideal candidate would be, um, a Jason kid. Um, <laughs> someone who is a Evil. complete piece of shit and has, um, uh, uh, beaten his wife, uh, and is a sociopath and a cheat and a dirtbag. That is a perfect guy to coach this team. Um, I think he's really the only person out there um, who deserves uh, the uh, the the honor and the privilege of of coaching the New York Knicks. Um, so really pulling for for J Kid. Um, would love to see him on the sidelines. If if it's not going to be someone like that, can maybe someone like now this is a little out of left field, I'll admit, Chris. But uh, I've had a, a fantasy for a while now about seeing someone uh, pacing up and down the sidelines in front of the Knicks bench, um, someone who has a real star quality, a guy that can really do it all. He is um, he's a movie star. He's uh, a great dad, a great father. Um, he's uh, he can fly star, airplanes. Great dad can fly airplanes. I think he can ride motorcycles. He's pretty much the coolest guy. I'm talking about Tom Cruise. Oh wow, baby! Yeah, can you imagine cool. Tom Cruise, New York Knicks head coach Tom Cruise? That would be pretty. I'm just cool. saying the guy can do it all. I don't see why he can't take a shot at NBA head coaching. I think it'd be really fun. I think it would bring some life back to the garden. Mm. Um, yeah, I would love, I would love a Tom Cruise out there if we can make that happen. Um, so, uh, yeah, those are my, those are my two top choices. Jason wow. Kidd, Tom Cruise. And, uh, are you considering, are you giving any thought to hiring Mark Jackson? Would you, would you, would you sign <sighs> off on a Mark Jackson in terms of your, uh, desire to see someone you hate and uh, um, like absolutely hate coach the Knicks. I don't know if I hate Mark Jackson quite enough. He's in gotcha. a weird, like kind of no man's land. Like He's it would no be, it would be hilarious and ridiculous, obviously. Um, and he would not be good. Um, I don't think he, 
but at the same time, I forget who which podcast it was, but someone was like, you know, Mark Jackson is a New York legend. Like he's, um, you know, like if you kind of ignore his entire uh, broadcasting career, like we like Mark Jackson. He mm-hmm. was an awesome point guard for us. You know, like St. John's legend. Um, and and uh, and and we like him. We wouldn't want to like completely tarnish uh, his reputation. At the same time, his reputation is already tarnished. So, I mean, we might as well just throw him into the fire. Um, it would be a lot of uh, I don't know though. I feel like it would almost be too depressing though. Like listening to all of the like media chatter and like um, just like narrative about him and like what he like just like hearing his name in the press like day after day and like listening to what people like think about him yeah. would kind of like depress me. So that would be, yeah. Jason Kidd, I, Mark Jackson, these would be insanely Nixie moves. Uh, yeah. God forbid, please do not hire, please do not hire Patrick Ewing to be the next head coach. No. Next. Oh that, God. That, that would, would be like, shatter me. Blast. Yeah. Like that uh, might be worse than trading him to the Sonics in yeah. the year 2000. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about, what about some of the college coaches? I mean, Jay Wright, head coach of Villanova. I mean, you're always hearing about Calipari. Um, sure. You know, Calipari as the Knicks coach would be pretty funny and make a lot of sense based on who mm-hmm. he is. Like, he would come with his, his like, alligator skin shoes at the Garden, <laughs> just doing his best Pat Rally impression. Kenny yeah. Smith? What about Kenny Smith? Finally, finally uh, going to leave the TNT booth. <laughs> Take that. Yeah. He interviewed with the Knicks last year. I know, I know. They actually Amazing floated event. his name last year, uh, which is hilarious. One guy I think might actually, like, this is a guy that if a competent GM came in um, and, like, gave us some glimmer of hope that I would actually want to see is Dave Yeager. I was just going to say, um, Yeager, yeah. I, I kind of love Dave Yeager. I yeah. love that... Um, he seems like a bit of a bad boy, like a bit of a rebel. I'm, I'm not entirely sure, like what, like <laughs> yeah. There's you know he had he, very edgy about him. He had like a super successful year with the uh, Kings, like overachieved massively, and then got fired by Vlade yeah. Divac for like. I, and it seemed like it was just because they kind of like butted heads. Like I don't know, he was like too much of a like a, <laughs> a wild card. This He's, is one of those things that makes no sense. But Dave Yeager spells his name J O E R G E R Yeager. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, there's something really bad about this guy. Like he has like yeah. a weird spelling for a name that doesn't. He's really got a sound he's like got him. a little bit of the the Quinn Snyder's to him, yes. where you're not entirely sure where he's been the night before. Yes, um, but he seems like he wants it. He seems like you know he would do anything to win. Uh, so I kind of I don't know. I would I wouldn't mind a Dave Yeager if we can't get a a kid or a Cruz. Yeah. All right, man. Let's let's wrap it up here. Uh, the Knicks, as always, are uh, make for for good content, for good chatter. Um, oh God, yeah. Good talking to you as always, man. Uh, excited to dive back into more NBA action with you as the season unfolds. Enjoy watching the hoops this week, and uh, I'll talk to you in a little bit. All right. All right. Sounds good. My pleasure as always. All right, that's the Knicks. My name's Chris Wendelkin. This is On The Line. You can tweet at me at OnTheLine underscore pod. Find us on Instagram. Check out previous episodes on our website, OnTheLinePodcast.com. Rate, review, subscribe to the show in Stitcher, Google, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Have a great week. Enjoy watching the NBA. Uh, Go Knicks. Keep the faith. Please, please, please don't hire Phil Jackson, and I will talk to you next week.